Welcome to the podcast Your Career in 2000 Steps, powered by the School of Business and Economics of the Freie Universiteit Amsterdam. I'm Marie and I'm a coach and trainer of the career services team of the School of Business and Economics. I have been living in the Netherlands for three years now. I did my master's degree at the VU and know all about the challenges of looking for a job, getting used to a different culture and learning a new language. In this podcast series, we invite alumni to talk about life after university. We hope that their experience and insights will support you and your growth after finishing your master's degree. In this podcast, we give you insights into how to best organize your transition from school to work and how to face career challenges along the way. We invite you to take a break and go for a walk outside. Every episode is as long as it takes you to walk around 2000 steps. And remember, it also takes many small and big steps to work on your career. So let's get right into it. First of all, Lian, it's nice to have you here. Yes. And um, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of <laughs> course. We're really happy it worked out. And as you know, the idea of this podcast is to talk about career development after graduation mm -hmm. and um, today we will talk about a goal that many of our recent graduates have when they finish their studies which is uh, building a career in the Netherlands mm -hmm. and Lian your career started in Singapore where you worked in marketing events recruitment and for the past almost five years now you've been working as a learning and development specialist at DSM so I would say it's safe to say yeah. that uh, you have build a career here and um, can you tell us a bit more about DSM? Yeah so um, I think I've been, it's almost five years not five years yet <laughs> time flies. Yeah, yeah so DSM it's a global purpose-led company that is really big on health nutrition and bioscience so we really use our science expertise to help improve the lives of people animals and the planet And it is actually one of the most sustainable companies in the world. And in fun fact, it's we actually have two CEOs, not like those companies where oh, you wow. only have one. Okay. And it's really incredible because when they announced the news uh, that we were going to have two CEOs last year, I was wondering, everyone was curious, like, how is this going to work? But I think actually it's really great experience for us. And um, mm -hmm. They're a great dynamic and it's a great company to work for. A lot of people never heard about us before because we're a B2B company. So yeah, I'm super proud to share where I work and it's a great company with amazing culture. Ah, that's so great yeah. to hear. And I think it also speaks for itself that you have been working there for such a long time now. Yeah. Um, so that is great. And uh, back to you and your development. Mm -hmm. What I saw first is that, of course, you, you finished your master's degree in human resource management in 2017. And um, I was thinking you started your career in Singapore. Mm -hmm. What led you to move to the Netherlands? Yeah, uh, so... Actually, I started working at a really young age, like when I was already 17 as a presenter. So, you know, I just I just thought I would make some money on the side. And it was really nice because it helped pay for my school fees. Uh, and then after like doing it for a couple of years, I got really bored next to studying because I just didn't feel like it was fulfilling. You know, after a while, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And now we realize that that was you just need to have a purpose, right, to what you're doing. And um, along the way, I always just try to do different things. And I went into hospitality management 
Because, you know, your parents always tell you, just get a bachelor's degree. And that was what I actually did. And I did like working with people. So I think that was a good field to be in. And my school was based in Vegas. So we had like a summer where we got to go and immerse ourselves in Vegas. And and then I fell in love with the casino world. So I went back to Singapore. And Singapore, we have, also have our own casinos. So I just signed up in, in casino and I got a job in casino marketing. And then, um, interestingly enough, well, it was one of the most toxic work environment ever, (laughs) but I really love working with people. And, you know, I actually felt like, I don't know if this is really what I want to do because, you know, you do have crazy hours. Um, you don't really get employee welfare. You don't get treated very fairly as an employee. And I just felt so much injustice, you know, like, I don't feel that this is how we should be treated. Like, we're just treated like um, our well-being doesn't matter. They just work us so much that we don't have, uh, we, we're not paid overtime. We work a really long hours. Sometimes when we work till really late at night, they tell us to take the shift bus home and they don't pay for our cab rides home. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you work for 14 hours straight, you're just exhausted at 2 a.m. or something like that. And you know, you can't take the cab home because you can't claim it. And you have to wait for an hourly bus that comes, you know, once an hour. So if you miss it, the bus at 2 a.m., you got to wait till 3 a.m. to take the next bus, you know, things like that. And I just knew like, this is not right and something had to be done. So yeah, I left after a little bit more than a year and I had to reevaluate my choices. And I realized that it was very important. I love people and I don't want to lose faith in people. <laughs> And I went into recruitment because I thought this is a good way to get into HR, right? Recruitment. Yeah. yeah. And I did it for a couple ah, of months. So already yeah. then you thought about going yeah. into HR. Yes, indeed. Okay. And then um, I also met my partner who's Dutch, by the way. Um, then we were both traveling. So that was a funny story. But it, because of the long distance, we thought like one of us had to move over to the other country. And I always wanted to live abroad. So it was easy to choose to move to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. It was not easy because I wanted to start working right away because I just love to work and develop myself professionally. Yeah. It was not easy because most companies are looking for people who have completed their master's. And even though I have had so much working experience, it just doesn't matter because I was new to the country. And yeah. then... I decided, okay, then I'm not going to let people tell me no. So I signed up for a course at the VU and thankfully I got accepted. So I had like four months of uncertainty waiting around, you know, for the news, whether I had to take a pre-master or just go straight to take the master. So I studied Dutch every day religiously. And then of course I got the news that I could just go take the master. And once I graduated, I reevaluated everything, you know, looking at the things that I was good at and the things I enjoyed doing. So like I love, I, I was I was also teaching before. So teaching mm-hmm. was something I was very passionate about. Uh, presenting was something I do enjoy doing. And, um, you know, working with people and working with HR. And somehow that led me to realize, hey, maybe learning and development is the field to be in. And um, ah. that, there we go. And uh, But it was not easy. Went for a lot of interviews, spoke to a lot of recruiters. They told me, hands down. Yeah. You know, you're kind of starting out in your career. So learning and development is usually something you do mid career. I just didn't take no for an answer. I just kept going. And uh, eventually I found a job at DSM. It was an interim position Mm -hmm. for a couple of months, but you know, 
in the end, it turned out to be, uh, they offered me a full-time position thereafter. So just believe in yourself and um, keep going. I think just know what you enjoy doing, know where your strengths are. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to be able to take um, a lot of no's and eventually you'll find someone that actually sees your value. Yeah, I think that's already yeah. a really good point. Um, what you say about being able to also dealing with rejection. And mm -hmm. um, this is something that I'm wondering how it fits with you, because there is a lot of students we have, especially international students that don't know how to speak Dutch. Um, mm -hmm. How was it for you? Because I hear that you already had a certain level of Dutch, but yeah. how was it for you to find a job um, at a yeah English speaking company? To be honest, I I know like HR typically HR roles are Dutch, right? Because you have mm. to know the labor law, you have to speak the language, you have to really do it efficiently. I mean, I was fine with looking for jobs that would mean it would require me to to do that in Dutch, but I knew that was going to cost me a lot of energy because it's not my first language. So I would say, you know, just put yourself out there, watch a lot of, if you want to learn Dutch, just watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> that really helped me and uh, watch cartoons in Dutch and then turn on the English subtitles or something like that. And then, you know, just really expose yourself to Dutch all day if that's something that you 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 are willing to learn. But of course, if you don't want to learn Dutch at all, honestly, I think, Compared to where we started a few years ago, Amsterdam is becoming such an international city that a lot of companies are so open to taking people who don't have the Dutch language. I have a lot of friends moving over here, getting a job pretty easily. So I think it's really about how you present yourself and, you know, how, how you package yourself to the recruiters and hiring managers. I think that's at the end of the day what it is. Okay, and would you have an advice on how to package yourself to the recruiters? Now we're already at this uh, topic. Would you say there yeah. is something special in the Netherlands that that you should take into account as a recent graduate? Ooh, wow, um, it's funny because I'm I, if I'm thinking of my past life as a recruiter, I only recruited people in Singapore. Right? I never really, I mean, <laughs> some colleagues I did here. Um, Yeah, I would say really read up on what the role is about. So if you want to apply for a certain role, you need to know what kind of skills and capabilities that, that role requires. And if you're able to find out more about the company, maybe ask around, hey, you know anybody who works here, find out a little bit more about the company culture because sometimes we get so blinded. I'm just going to take any job out there that any company is going to you know, offer me. But then you find out that you're actually not a right fit and you keep trying to fit into the company. And during the interview process, the recruiters or the hiring managers will be able to detect that. So really spend your energy wisely. I know, I, I remember how it was like being desperate, looking for a job, you know, trying to find someone that's, that was willing to hire me. But at the end of the day, you have to just keep your head sane, I think. Yeah. I meditate a lot. So that really <laughs> yeah. helps, you know. I meditate a lot and I, I visualize positive outcomes all the time. And I put in the work. So, you know, you can't control a lot of things. You can't control rejections that you get. But you can control how you react to these rea um, rejections that come your way. And you just have to tell yourself, you know, there are so many people out there that found something. And you're going to find something eventually too. So 
being grateful for where you, what you've achieved, um, managing your own well-being and your headspace, that's the only thing that you can control. And what I remember is that because, of course, I also I'm an international student. I started yeah. working here and I remember, um, especially in the beginning and actually even now, some discussions that I have with my teammates uh, yeah. that are Dutch or my manager that is also Dutch uh, telling me, for example, hey, Marie, you can be way more outspoken, yeah, yeah. be more like uh, oh, yeah. I, I recognize that. <laughs> confronting and things like that. So I had the feeling that even as a being a German, I, there were some culture shocks for oh, me yes. in the Netherlands. Yeah. Were there some for you as well? Oh, extreme culture shock. Um, it took me a few years to adapt, <laughs> you know, and now I'm confident speaking in a group of Dutch colleagues for sure, but it was not easy. Okay. Like, you know, when, when they, when they tell you that, um, Dutch people are very open and direct, you, you have to do the same thing, you know, like you can't take things personally. And that's one thing I learned the hard way. Like sometimes when they give you a feedback and you're like, Oh, that really hurts. But what my colleagues tell me is that if someone is really direct to you here in the Netherlands, you can do the same thing back to them. And it's totally fine. You know, they're, they're able to accept that. And, um, and also the thing about, you know, being Asian is that we always wait until someone finishes a sentence before we join in. And here in the Netherlands, this never happens. You know, everyone's talking over each other all the time. It's like, you know, Marie's talking and then I just raise my voice a little bit louder than Marie, you know, just to jump in and, it was so difficult. It took me like two to three years to do this because I had to like raise my voice. In, in my culture, that's considered rude to be loud and it's rude to interrupt. And, mm -hmm. um, and also like, you know, if you don't have anything else to add that is, you know, fruitful, you don't say anything, you know, and then people think that you are not adding value here in the Netherlands. So you just have to say something all the time, even though... There was no need to do it. And you just have to accept that this is just cultural differences. Ah, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. 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 Ah, that's super interesting. And Leanne, what was you, what you say was the biggest challenge for you transitioning from university to work? Ooh, very interesting question. Um, for me, it was the traveling. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, DSM's headquarters is in the south of Holland. So I was, I live in Amsterdam. So every Monday morning I had to wake up early. Um, I think at like six or five 30 and then prepare to take the train and door to door traveling was three hours. So, I mean, I didn't do that every day, but I did it like, you know, every week. So I would go on Monday and I'll come back on sometimes Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday evening. So I'll stay a couple of days in the south of Holland. Wow. I mean, I didn't know how I used to do that because I did that for more than two and a half years. And now that, you know, Corona took place, uh, we realized that hybrid working really works. Um, yeah, I don't know how I used to do it. Now I'm from Singapore, so you never travel more than 30 minutes to get somewhere. And I also lived in a very centralized location in Singapore. So everything was so convenient. That was the biggest challenge that I had to overcome. I, I, I am... I still have phobia of taking the trains these days, you know, like anxiety, oh, train stress. That that was very stressful for me. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But I guess it's worth it if you really like your job yeah. and your company. So yeah. 
Yeah. So that that was the thing that kept me going because I really like I was like, oh, I like to I like to interact with people. I like to see my colleagues. So and then once I'm there, it's fine. You know, it's just the journey there. And sometimes when the trains are always having problems at Einhover and then or <laughs> between Einhover and Viert, there's always a problem. And then you're just stuck on the platform, not knowing when the next train comes. So, so yeah. what do you do during the train ride to make it yeah. less uh, boring? <laughs> like, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I actually meditate first, you know, yeah. just to bring myself back into the present moment because I just get sometimes, I don't know, but like traveling just gives people a lot of stress, right? Like you're just catching something. So, you know, getting rid of that anxiety or stress in my body, that's the first thing I do. And then after that, you know, I just work on the train or maybe listen to a podcast or watch some training videos. So those were the things that I used to do. But that was like almost two years ago already, I think. Yeah, time flies. Time flies. That's yeah. true. And um, Lien, like coming back to your job, um, because you started quite a while ago, and I think it's it's really interesting since you have been staying in in um, the same company for a while how do you make sure that you keep growing in your position yeah that's a very good question so well i mean i'm in learning <laughs> so i think that's one thing right like if you're in learning you better walk the talk uh and i do like to learn and i do like to stretch myself a lot and You know, it really boils down to having a growth mindset and being open to be stepping outside of your comfort zone all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you're always in your comfort zone doing things that you enjoy, after a while, it's going to get repetitive and you're not going to enjoy it anymore. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was really about finding different ways to do do different projects. And I'm, I was, I'm really glad that DSM allows me to do that. You know, like my managers mm -hmm. that I had and my bosses and my colleagues, they were very open to, and they've always been very open to help me out. Like, Hey, I want something more. I want something more challenging. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's always something that I've been given an opportunity to do. So just ask, take initiative and, you know, don't wait for someone to give something to you. So if you really want you know, opportunities, you have to speak up, you have to drive it yourself. And you just have to look out for opportunities, you have to network, you got to connect within the company, you need to speak with people, because then you know what kind of projects others are doing. And you can raise your hand and say, hey, that's, that sounds really interesting. Can I be a mm -hmm. part of that? So that, that those are some of the tips that I can give. And they've all been working really well for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. nice. And what's so important about speaking with other people, what you just mentioned? Do you mean people within the within the organization yeah. or? I do both internally and externally. So it, internally, I do speak with people, not just within HR, right? I have to speak with colleagues in the different businesses that we have at DSM, whatever role that they're doing. It could be, you know, a colleague from sales. It could be a colleague in the data team. It could be a colleague Uh, doing IT it's just having virtual chats or, or you know coffee talks with them because you kind of understand what they do more and know what kind of projects that they're working on and if you know what it's going on within the company it helps you see the bigger picture of what's going on instead of sometimes we just get so stuck in our daily work mm -hmm. that we don't really understand what the company is doing and it's really very important that we don't just focus on what we do, but we also need to understand, 
hey, you know, this is what the rest of the company is doing. How does this connect to our whole purpose as a company? So you just need to understand that because sometimes, you know, we all do our work and we're like, yeah, but I don't understand what, what this has to do with the purpose of our company, you know? But at the end of the day, if you are able to speak with people, you will find out that that at the end of the day, all our leaders make strategic decisions to do certain projects to move things forward. And it helps contribute to where we want to go as a company. And Lien, you mentioned these coffee talks. Um, now that you mention it, I remember <laughs> that when I started working in the Netherlands, I actually didn't really know the idea of a yeah. coffee talk and what it is. Yeah. So for those who don't know in the Netherlands, it's actually very common to um, just like schedule calls or meetings with your colleagues or even I don't know if you don't have colleagues yet with people you you don't know yet, maybe yeah. on LinkedIn, and just ask them about what they're doing. Is that what you what you um, were referring to? Yeah, exactly. So just ask people, you know, if they're willing to meet up for coffee with you, and um, and that that's how it works. I think this is a very uh, I'm not sure if this is a Dutch thing or not, but I just got so used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I do this across my company now that, uh, but. I'm also not sure if this is my, the thing that we do at my company that people just are very open to being approached. So, yeah, we do it too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think it's really like for me, it's really something that I was very made aware of yeah. in the Netherlands. Yeah. Also, like the word, yeah, like just yeah. going for a coffee talk. I thought, like, yeah. oh, okay. So maybe it's not Dutch, but I also, yeah, yeah I think I was really made aware of um, of the whole concept here. Yeah. yeah. And I think the way to approach this is people always like to help, right? So if you can tell them how they can help you and they can see the value in it, then um, their doors are always going to be open. And of course, you have to be nice about it. Like, don't be like, hey, um, I want to have coffee with you. Are you free on this day? Like, bring it across in a very nice uh, way as a, a nice proposal that someone else can appreciate. Yeah, yeah, good point. So those are some tips definitely on how you can uh, continue growing in your position and in yeah. your company. And um, what do you think if you look back now on um, maybe your master's degree and finishing the master's degree and then getting a job, what advice would you give give yourself looking back? Ooh, that was a few years ago. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would do things differently mm -hmm. because I really think maybe just believing more in myself and knowing yeah. that you know I have a lot of value to give. I think just having that. There is a fine line between being overly confident and then you come across really. Um, you know, flamboyant to, 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 the, to, the, to the perceiver. And then there is also a fine line where you just are very comfortable with who you, with who you are. So really, really know who you are as a person and just be as authentic as possible. Because at the end of the day, people want to hire you for you and you want to present yourself to the right company because you don't want to be putting on a show, you know, pretending this is, this is who Lian is. And then, But then when you go to the company, you're a completely different person. So mm -hmm. just being you and just believing in yourself, like I would be more confident probably. Yeah. Nice. That yeah. sounds like a nice mindset to have as a recent graduate. <laughs> and um, Lien, 
what comes next for you? Yeah, it's, um, we just went through a reorganization within the company. So mm -hmm. I also wanted a different role. So I'm going to have a new role when I come back from maternity. So that's also very exciting times. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. That thank sounds you. good. And yes. um, yeah, thank you for being here. And also thank you for sharing your career story with us, your plans, and also all the insights you gave us. And so thank you. For all our listeners, we hope you liked it, got some interesting takeaways and enjoyed your walk. Stay tuned and listen to our next episode of Your Career in 2000 Steps by the School of Business and Economics of the VU Amsterdam. <laughs>